Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister. I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. Start feeling fantacular today. Join in-club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th. See club for details. Mr. Happy Living here, and I'm happy to be broadcasting from WITV7 in the beautiful Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey folks, I love church pastors and nonprofit entrepreneurs and business executives and corporate trainers and people from every walk of life that have discovered their reason for being on this planet. And that's why I love Terry Tolbert. He's all those things and the founder of A2 Ministries International on a mission to provide training for pastors and church leaders to help them develop global discipleship and multiply, multiply small group leadership too. Hey, Terry, welcome to the Something Significant Show. Great. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. So tell the audience, what are you doing these days to leave your mark of significance on the world? Wow, that's a great uh, that's a great question, Matt. You know, I've been very fortunate for almost a year now <laughs> to be the president of an organization called Sports Outreach. And even during COVID, I uh, was able to make a change and I was able to come over to an organization that's very committed to reaching the world uh, through sports and reaching people for Christ uh, and doing both things on the field and off the field. Uh, and we can spend a little bit of time, you know, maybe later talking about that. But the, the short story is that we're committed at Sports Outreach to build leaders. And when I heard about this opportunity uh, in my own personal passions and trying to build leaders and trying to build leaders that build leaders, mm -hmm. uh, it really grabbed my attention. And it fit not only the ministry aspect, but the overall goal of making disciples and building leaders. Love it. So take us back in time to 2006 and to the end of your 21 years as a full-time pastor to become a senior account executive for a technology company. Yeah. What was that so, all about? So yeah, it's a great, it's a great history, a great story. Um, as you mentioned, I was a pastor for 21 years, uh, actually in five different churches. And so I had an opportunity to be in several denominations. Uh, many of them were very large churches. And really, my heart has been since I was a new Christian and at the age of 17, was about discipleship. And I remember when I first became a Christian, I was so hungry to learn and to grow. And I was reading books. And I had just about every navigator uh, process that you could have. And and I, I started moving that into the church. And really what started happening, Matt, was the church was more interested about Sunday morning. You know, all of our volunteer base, it seemed, was about Sunday morning. People in the parking lot, people greeting, people ushering, children, youth, all sorts of musicians, all the energy that went into putting together this amazing show, a great message, great music, video, lights, the whole thing. 
And then we'd all say, okay, we'll see you again next week. Mm -hmm. And after doing that for year after year, I kept trying to build discipleship in spite of that. But it seemed like it was an uphill battle. And we were training people without us really thinking about it. And we still are, for that matter. We're training people to sit in rows mm -hmm. and to listen. And I like, to, I like to call it infotainment. That's really what, what we do is we inspire people. We do provide obviously a great message and an opportunity to worship. But when, when Jesus was on this planet, one of the last things he said before he left in Matthew 28, he said, go and make disciples. And it struck me that he didn't say go and make converts. And obviously the step one of discipleship is, is converting to your faith. But I think his mission was to go uh, and build himself into 12 men so that they could then in turn go and make disciples who will make disciples. And, and the, those that are listening on this broadcast and you and I, we could trace back our spiritual roots to one of those 12 men. Uh, because Jesus invested three years of his life with them. So in 2006, I decided that uh, the way that I wanted to do ministry was going to have to be different. So I left being a professional pastor and uh, went to start a write, writing a curriculum that was really based on how do you build church, how do you grow church around discipleship, as opposed to it being around Sunday morning worship. So I started writing it started training in different areas in the U.S., but also in Central America. And I realized that uh, God had given me a gift of something that people wanted, especially in third world, when the churches are smaller, when many of the, the pastors are bivocational, they don't have the capacity to, uh, to, you know, to try to grow a church the, the Western way. Uh, so I started then moving uh, to to do some other things in terms of training. And I recognize that if I was, if I'm going to do this, uh, I'm probably not going to be able to make a living doing that. Mm -hmm. So I left my job as a pastor and I started working for a technology company really as a tent making method to raise money so that my wife and I could go do this training. And we paid our own way yeah. for many of the first few years to, to travel and to print the workbooks and, you know, pay for all the, the travel costs and, and to do training. But we recognized that that was what God had called me to do. And yeah. so now, ever since then, I've been taking at least one or two trips a year uh, to third world primarily to train pastors and church leaders on a very practical uh, how-to step on how do you grow a church, how do you build leaders and how do you grow discipleship uh, to where you're able to e eventually even plant new churches? And so that's what uh, drove me in 2006 to, to make that step. Very good. Okay. Um, so quickly, let's go forward 10 years. And how do you see the, the world of small group ministry and discipleship changing from now to 2030? What's the big hope you have? Yeah, great question. Well, I'm I'm fortunate enough to where I have um, children that are in their 20s. They're and so I have an Yes, they're off the payroll, all of them. 
suddenly we have more money too, which is amazing. But, uh, you know, we got them all through college and we've been watching them and, and what we see in them, which is not just in our children, but what we're seeing uh, with many of the millennials is that they're not necessarily interested in grandma or even mom and dad's church. They want something more relevant. These are kids that have grown up with social media. They, they want something very personal. They want something very relational. And we've created these big mega churches where we broadcast sermons over video. We, we create uh, a, another show in another venue. And, and what we're seeing is that these kids aren't interested in that. Mm -hmm. And the numbers are just astounding to watch the decline that's happening in the church. Uh, Barna just did a study in 2016 that's just shocking. And so I think where we're going to be, be in 2030, and my hope and my prayer is that we will be more like the Acts 2 model church. Uh, not a new model. I mean, it's, it's really going back to our core, where if you read Acts 2, you see a church that's mobile. You see a church that cares for one another. They share whatever they have in common. They, it says that they are bringing people to the Lord every day. They have favor with the people. They still have worship. They still have teaching. They still break bread together. They still have communion. But there's something different in the model where they're able to, to mobilize. Evangelism doesn't just depend on the pastor giving an altar call. People are meeting Jesus in homes and maybe know Jesus for a long time before they ever darken the doors of a church. Mm -hmm. And it's to be able to see our homes, to be able to see our groups as another doorway to the church. That there are some people who've been burned by the church, some people who have been hurt by the church or just not quite there yet, but they will come to your house. They will come <laughs> in and, and listen to what you have to say. And so I see a church that has become decentralized instead of being centralized and moving it out. Many other things, they got bigger and bigger and centralized and broadcasting. And now they're getting broken apart and decentralized and localized. And that's fascinating. If the church does the same thing, that'd be, that's great. That'd be very cool. And you know, Matt, I think, I think pastors get nervous because they think, Oh, we've got to reach the thousands, you know, but, I think if we just look at Jesus's model, I mean, this is God in the flesh. He could have done church any way that he wanted to. And he decided to invest in 12 people. Yeah. And he changed the world. So yeah. if we just recognize that by investing in one person yeah. and having that person invest in someone and continue that process, we could literally reach the entire world in 20 or 25 years. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not just a, uh, a a new trend. I think it is where we're headed. Medicine's the same way, and and it's also similar. It was country docs taking care of the people who they knew. Then it became centralized and siloed and specialized and broadcast. And now it's breaking apart into they don't call them country docs. They call them naturopaths or uh, functional medicine doctors. But it's the same story. Sure. And uh, it's, very, it's very fascinating. Okay. Sure. So I define significance as doing things you love and places you love with people you love and creating something of value for others. It's doing and it's giving. 
but you can't give from an empty cup. So what are your personal practices, Terry? Physical, mental, spiritual, financial, emotional. What things do you do to increase your capacity so you can take good care of yourself and your family and still have plenty to give to others? That's a great question, Matt. You know, it's goals have always been a big part of my life. And uh, there's even times when I've done training where I go into organizations and work with executives on goals. It's that important. Uh, even personal goals like financial, uh, physical, spiritual, uh, because they're not going to have the capacity to give to their employees and their staff if they're not balanced. But one of the things that my wife and I started doing uh, that has revolutionized not only our personal lives, but our marriage and our family is that every December we go away for an entire day and we block it out. We put our technology away and we spend that day praying uh, alone and then coming together and we come away with what are our physical, our mental, spiritual, financial, family goals, uh, career goals. And then we come away with two or three that we're going to work on together. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, we'll continue to do the things that, that impact me myself. But we always come up with a God goal as well. And let me just give you one example of that. Uh, when we uh, got married, we had a lot of debt. And that became immediately our, our God goal. Uh, that, that what I mean by that is, it's not something that we can explain if we reach it. To me, a God goal means it's something that only God can do. Mm. So we, we set this first God goal of getting out of debt that year. And it was crazy. I mean, you look at it on paper, there would be no way. And God did it. We, we look back on it. And again, we, we can't explain it. We don't know how it happened. You know, we just, we, we got a commission here. We got a check here. And all of a sudden, uh, God answered our prayer. And so because of that, we are faithful every December to go off and set those goals. Uh, because we know that ultimately, uh, we, we don't want to get to the end of a year and say, gosh, why didn't we do this? Or we didn't take a vacation this year as a family or we didn't save enough money to go buy that. Yeah. And it's not going to happen. You don't find those. You got to make those goals. Right. So we're disciplined enough and God has tremendously blessed it. Very good. Good capacity builder. It's the first one, the annual prayer silent day. Yeah. Um, okay, Terry, let's take a commercial break because I have something I want to tell the audience. Three things, actually. Great. First, about a brand new eight-week e-course from Happy Living and how it helps people discover their purpose and design the life they were meant to live and how they can save a hundred bucks on the $300 enrollment fee. Fantastic. Mr. Happy Living here. I love good things made for good people. That's why I love Happy Living's online e-course. It's an eight week long deep dive into you and the inspired life you want to live. The life you were put here on this earth to live. The one that you and only you can live. Eight weeks of lectures and ideas and topics 
and supporting materials and powerful self-improvement tools, all designed for you. All designed to help you create the tools and the power and the confidence you need to discover your purpose and to discover the life you were meant to live and to feel incredibly inspired and motivated to decide you will live your life to its fullest. It's all designed to help you create the unique and distinct philosophy of you and your inspired life. Go to happyliving.com, select our e-course, and save a hundred bucks with promo code WITV7. And for every enrollment, I'll donate another hundred bucks to WITV7. For $300 in about 30 hours, I promise you'll never, ever be the same again. And we're back, and this is the Something Significant Show, and I'm Matt Gersper. Hey friends, to be happy, really, truly, deeply happy, you gotta find a way to find your purpose. You gotta find a way to live the life you were meant to live. So join me on a journey of discovery and exploration with our e-course, The Philosophy of You and Your Inspired Life. We're ready to begin an eight-week deep dive into working on you and the life you were meant to live. And now, back to my special guest, Terry Tolbert. He's living the life he was meant to live, training pastors and church leaders in Nicaragua, in Honduras, in Rwanda, in Uganda, all around the world. He's teaching them to really fulfill all the purposes of the church in small groups while living the lives they were meant to live too. So Terry, give us a quick overview of your overnight life-changing retreat with God that you call Encounter Retreat. Our Encounter Retreat is a really interesting uh, tool. One of the things we noticed in church was that there were people coming to the church that were broken. Uh, There were people that may have recently given their life to Christ, but uh, they still had some habits, some hangups, some addictions, some issues. And we were obviously wanting to get them into the life of discipleship. But we recognized that there were people that were coming into these groups and they were really dominating the group. Uh, they were crying. They were upset. They had challenges. And of course, people wanted to be very sensitive and caring. But week in and week out became really difficult and it started to damage and if not started to destroy some of the groups. So we recognized that we needed in a weekend retreat to help people become aware of some of these hurts and hangups that they had. So the encounter retreat was something that I came across uh, in, down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, the great church down there with uh, Larry Stockstill and uh, was able to take some of what they're doing, but adapt it a little bit uh, to some of the, the the churches I was working in and make it an impactful uh, one overnight weekend. And what it really does is they come away with freedom. That's sort of the key word. Mm. Uh, doing some business, spiritual warfare, 
Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe. I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. The price is so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. <gasps> no, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings. Every time you go. Field trip. HomeSense, standout pieces, outstanding prices. Becoming aware of things that we have had experienced in our life, things that have maybe damaged us spiritually or emotionally, uh, be, be able to move forward with forgiveness, maybe reconciliation. Maybe it's to recognize that they need to go get some professional counseling. But amazingly enough, that is part of a discipleship process. You know, by nature, the church is going to attract hurting people, which it should. But at the same time, we need to protect people from themselves, allow them a place to begin to heal and begin to get emotionally healthy so that they can then begin to move into life of discipleship and grow into eventually discipling others. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's more of a deep dive um, instead of a soundbite. And yes. part of what we were talking about with the big churches and the big Sunday performance, it's everything happens and then it's over. And you yeah. don't get the chance for deep engagement, um, which was really one of the things I tried to put together for, for the e-course. That's why I made it eight weeks long. It takes yeah. time to yes. recognize and decide and then to make change. Good stuff. So Terry, my second book, Turning Inspiration into Action is all about transformation and explores the idea that big transformations and discovery of purpose often come from devastation. We we're just talking about addiction, disease, death, disaster. Some big crisis shakes your life, but I've used a happier way and discovered the path to purpose in my life with inspiration. So the question for you is, was there a specific moment or a situation when either devastation or inspiration revealed to you the purpose you were meant to live? Yeah, great question, Matt. <clears throat> and, you know, it, for me, it was pretty clear when I think about what, what God has called me to do with A2 Ministries, uh, it, it became clear when my wife and I were, after we left being professional pastors, we tried to help a couple of churches plant uh, new churches. And I remember meeting with a pastor that was a friend and I said, we want to help you, but I, I, don't, I just kind of want to hear where you want to go. Um, I didn't want to just be a part of another church that was going to sing three songs, give announcements and give a sermon. Yeah. You know, that's, that wasn't really what we wanted to do. And so I said, you know, you're really talented. Uh, what are you going to do when you fill up your church? And and he's like, well, we'll start a new church. And I said, well, there we go. So we're in. So we started. And sure enough, uh, the church was growing and, and filled up. And just about the time I was expecting them to talk about planting a new church, they built a bigger building. They bought land. And they sort of started doing what churches do. Mm. Uh, and as, as opposed to multiplying, they just started adding. Mm. So that was the, I would say, the event, if you want to call it that, if you want yeah. to call it a, uh, an inspiration or a situation. But I recognized that the American church in a lot of ways is broken. And I, and I say that very delicately because I love the church. 
Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus said that on this church, you know, the, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So I'm a hundred percent. I love it. And I want to make it better, but we somehow, if new pastors coming out of seminary are continuing to model the exact same template church after church, singing the songs, running the Sunday morning as quickly as they can, renting a school, renting a movie theater, whatever they have to do to pass the plate. And I recognize that part of part of that has to do with money. And I understand that they have to, they have to be able to create a salary. But when you look at the result, even somebody like Bill Hybels, who was one of the founding pastors of the seeker movement in the eighties, he said, we were losing people out the back door faster than we were bringing in the front door. And we could not do Sunday morning experience any better. That's when he recognized that they needed to shift and pivot to discipleship. And so that was the situation for me. I recognized that we can't expect the new people to create a new model. We've got to teach them a new template. I experienced the same thing in the world of business when I had an idea and I wanted to basically turn somebody into an entrepreneur. You can't do it, right? That this was your unique idea. You can't apply it to the old model and the people in charge of the old model and have them pick up on it. It's uniquely yours. So that's really cool. That's great. Okay. So we've talked about capacity and we've talked about purpose. And when you combine those two, the sky's the limit. But the real magic of life comes from adding the fourth element of significance, doing work that creates value for others. Mm -hmm. So that's my happy formula. It's capacity plus purpose plus giving equals happy to the third power. Really, truly, deeply happy. So it's not just the giving that's magical, but it's giving from living in your purpose. That's where the magic is. So Terry, tell us, how does it make you feel when you host one of your encounter retreats and you're helping others experience spiritual freedom and experience the love and mercy of Jesus in a personal and powerful way. And then an attendee says of the experience, I have no more bitterness. And another one says, I let go of baggage I've carried for 30 years. And another exclaims, I have a new family in Christ. Tell our audience, how does giving to others from living in your purpose, make you feel? You know, uh, about the same time that I was struggling and almost ready to make the decision to leave being a professional pastor, uh, I came across Bob Buford's book, uh, Halftime, and talked uh, about... Disciples. <laughs> yeah, he talked about significance. And I recognized that I was at that halftime in my life that the whole first half of my life was about building success, you know, growing a family and, uh, and, and developing a career and trying to save money and get a house and do all those things. But I recognized that I wanted to have a life of significance. So started making some changes over the next couple of years to try to get there. Uh, and, you know, my wife has been an amazing partner to help me do that, to support and encourage me to, uh, to, to take those steps and, and, and in many ways uh, has helped continue also to provide income so that would help fund what I want to do. But when I've been able to look at a person at a training conference or at an encounter retreat and to see life change, 
that's when you know you've reached a point of significance. Yeah. Uh, if I, I just wish for any of your viewers that if they could actually experience leading someone to Christ, watching someone grow in their faith to lead someone else to Christ, or now watching a, a person get a call to go into ministry. I mean, there's nothing more significant than that. My first church, I was blessed enough to have a, a great discipleship program and a great group of about 25 young people, and five of them went on to full-time ministry. And I look back at that, and I think it had nothing to do with me. It had to do with the Holy Spirit. But I also think that if, if we're not making that call to people, if we're not challenging them to consider ministry as an option, to listen to what God might be wanting to do with them, to give them a life of real significance, not just existing and not just trying to get to retirement, which is what everyone seems to be their goal to get to that number so you can retire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it has more to do with the what you're going to result in heaven, uh, the crowns you're going to see in heaven. That's to me is significance. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting. Yours is is so powerful because we're talking about, you know, um, getting to heaven. <laughs> it's kind of a bit, it's the big one. <laughs> but and and you're you know you're a pastor. So but if if I'm an automobile automobile mechanic, and that's that's my purpose, and you turn you know you you convert someone and and you create a disciple. That's fine. I'm glad you got that done, Terry. What I'm really excited about is I brought somebody into, into the car world. And I think that's, that's the thing. It means so much to you because it's so authentically you that's there. It's different than if you're selling software. But not if you were meant to be a software salesman. Then yep. that's where you'd be aligned, right? And, and, and it's funny you say that because my wife uh, works for a software company. Uh, and she's in sales, and she feels very called to be in software. And she loves it, and that's that's where she gets those feelings. Exactly, and that's where she can be a light. Yep. I mean, we need we need people of faith to be accountants and doctors and teachers and police officers, because that's where you're going to be able to show light. Yeah. Yep. You can be salt. We don't need everyone to be a pastor. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Okay. Let's wrap things up with the lightning round. I like to read a favorite quote and then you respond telling us the first thing that comes to your mind so we can see how you think. Quick. From Shunru, Shunru Suzuki, you're perfect just as you are and you could use a little improvement. <laughs> well, I love it. I, I, to me, what comes to mind is the scripture that says that uh, that that God is not finished with us, and that He's going to complete that work that He's that He started in us. And so I think that every Christian should have that mindset that that we are wonderfully and perfectly made, but that He's not finished with us. Good. From Dr. Wayne Dyer, even if no one sees or acknowledges it, a silent blessing or thought of love towards others contains a vibration that can be felt throughout the cosmos. That's, that's pretty powerful. Um, all I can think of is that there's a power in thought. Mm. And I know Dyer is a, a big thinker and, uh, and, and there's a lot of power. There's a lot of scripture in what Paul talks about. 
the power of thought, transforming your mind, the renewing of your mind. And Jesus even said that if you just think about hating someone, you've murdered them. Hmm. There's a power that is released in a thought that we may not ever understand. And maybe that really, that, that releases something within us, something consciously, something subconscious becomes conscious. But I'm a big believer in the power of thought. Mm -hmm. From John Wooden, sports don't build character, they reveal it. Yeah, I, I played sports my whole life, uh, all the way through uh, uh, first year of college. And I got injured and ended my sporting career. And so I hung up my cleats. Uh, and so it was a real test of, for me, my character uh, and how I was going to to move forward. And it was very clear that God called me into ministry. Uh, and I don't think he caused my accident to happen or my injury to happen for that purpose. But I think if you go into that with your ears open and you say, God, what is it that you want me to do? Uh, this is obviously here for a reason. And if you believe in Romans 8, uh, not just that all things happen for the good, that's one of those myths out there, but it's all things work for the good for those that are that love God and are called according to his purpose. When you believe that, when you are called according to his purpose, then those things will work for the good. Hmm. Okay, last one from Goth. Whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. Yeah, it's, that's a great quote. I, I believe the first step is the hardest. And I think that some of us are, are fearful. And, you know, Jesus always said when he met people, uh, fear not. Hmm. Uh, I, I think part of that might be that that's, he knows that's our natural uh, human uh, emotion. You know, when he was walking on the water, they were afraid. Mm -hmm. They weren't sure of who he was. And so he calmed them and said, fear not, it's me. But then he said to Peter, come to me on the water. And Peter walked on the water. You know, a lot of times people think it was only Jesus. But at least for a moment, he walked. And then it says he took his eyes off of Jesus. He looked at the waves and he thought to himself, I shouldn't be walking on water. <laughs> and then it says he fell on the water. Mm -hmm. And so that first step can be powerful when you keep your eyes on the Lord, for sure. Good stuff. All right, Terry, um, we're coming to an end. So for my folks out there, it's, it's time for you to start thinking about giving and showing lots of love to our broadcast hosts. So if you can hear my voice and you were inspired by today's show with Terry Tolbert, please donate what you can to WITV7. They're a 501c3 charity on a mission to educate, empower, and encourage. They do good works with your kindness. Terry, I love your spirit and your energy, and I'm inspired by your effort to do what you must, working as a president of sports outreach and doing good work there in restoring hope and transforming lives through sports. That's awesome. But then you're grabbing every spare minute and every spare dollar you can find to do the work that you love with your own organization, A2 Ministries International, where you're making disciples, 
who are making disciples. And that is so awesome. And I'm so happy that you shared your powerful and loving voice here with us today. And thank you for doing the good works that you do to make the world a better place. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. And I appreciate uh, the opportunity. Would you like to take a minute and share any parting remarks with our audience? Yeah, I, I really would. Um, you know, sports outreach uh, has uh, ministries all over the world. And if you are a coach, uh, let's say that you might even be coaching recreational league or uh, middle school, high school, uh, and you you feel like you want to take that to the next level. You know, you're, you're really good at coaching basketball or soccer. You know the fundamentals of a sport. You know how to, to, to teach the, the young people uh, about that sport. But you want to use that as a platform to then lead them to Christ and disciple them. That's what Sports Outreach really does. And please visit our website at sportsoutreach.net. And we'd love to have you be a, a coach with us. We support you. We encourage you. Uh, give you weekly mentoring and supplies and resources to help you uh, fulfill the, the larger purpose that you want to do as a coach. And if you want to take a mission trip, we take probably 15 to 20 trips a year to all the countries that we serve. Uh, we'd love to have your church go with us and we can do all the work for you. We do all the organizing. We do all the reservations, the ground transportation, the meals, everything, all the ministry you want to do. So we'd love to, to work with you and partner with you. Great. All right. Thank you, Terry. I also want to thank WYTV7 for hosting and promoting our show so we can keep interviewing inspiring guests like Terry and reaching folks out there ready to create their own extraordinary lives. A special thank you to our sponsors, The Philosophy of You and Your Inspired Life and Happy Living. Remember, I'll donate 100 bucks for each and every enrollment for the entire month to WITV7. So tell all your friends too. Go to happyliving.com, select our e-course, and enroll together as a group. And most especially, thank you viewers and listeners. You'll find links to websites and social media and all things Terry Tolbert. Find him, friend him, join him on an encounter retreat, and ask him how you can get involved in sports outreach or even get started with your very own small group ministry. From me to you, dear friends, I love you and I want you to be happy. We do the Something Significant show to inspire you to live your life to its fullest, to believe as I do that a better self is always possible today and every day for the rest of our lives. And that inspired life you've been dreaming about, I hear it calling you. It's calling you to be bold, to take action, to start moving along your path, the special one to your dream, your unique and distinctive journey, because that's where you're gonna find the way to make your mark of significance on the world. Till next time, I'm Matt Gersper. You are awesome. And this is the Something Significant Show. And we're out. Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister, I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. 
Start feeling spectacular today. Join in club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th. See club for details.